Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe, on the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 33rd episode of The Edge of Every Day, here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course, you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com. And please tune in to any of my previous episodes with my inspiring guests. As all my loyal listeners know, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and understandings, both about ourselves and about the world around us. Those places we don't want to look. Listen, we live in turbulent times, and we are coming to understand that life simply isn't black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guest this evening. Irina Soriano is a TEDx and keynote speaker and the author of Generation Brand, a modern playbook for cultivating our life brand. She is currently serving as Vice President, Enablement and Process Excellence at Seismic, the recognized leader in marketing and sales enablement, leading a global team of enablement professionals to drive revenue and growth for Seismic's go-to-market teams. She also runs the NYC chapter for WISE, Women in Sales Enablement. She is a Forbes author, and Business Development Council member, and was named a top 20 sales enablement influencer by Sales Enablement Collective. As a leader, she has consistently pioneered new enablement, learning, sales, and operational initiatives worldwide, built positive employment cultures, and coached top performers. She has held senior positions across EMEA, Asia-Pacific, and the U.S. This experience has exposed her to working with and mentoring an extremely diverse group of men and women across multiple industries in different parts of the world. 
Irina has built a strong life brand around her passion to make a significant contribution to closing the gender gap in the workplace by enabling the current and next generation to drive a cultural paradigm shift toward gender equality in business and beyond. She holds a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Arts in International Business from Rennes School of Business in Rennes, Brittany. Hello and welcome, Irina. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me on today. Very excited to be here. Oh, thank you for joining me. I am very excited to have you on as well. I've been waiting and waiting for the perfect time to have you on. No, <laughs> we tried. We tried a bit. We Let's tried, we tried a few times, yes. But <laughs> the time has arrived. Yes. And so I like to start out with sharing how I know my guests with my audience. And this particular connection is pretty awesome. So those of you tuning in, I know Irina and her husband because I married them. I was the wedding officiant for, and I created their wedding ceremony. How many years ago is it now? Eight? Nine? No, we're getting there. We're about six in coming up. Oh, so. six in? Okay. And mm-hmm. yes, with COVID, you know, like you can't keep track of time right. correctly with COVID. <laughs> oh my goodness. And what a glorious celebration and reading your CV and understanding your work life, it completely played out in your glorious wedding. I mean, it was just uh, f- people from around the globe. It was yeah. such a joy for both my husband and I to attend. Yeah, it was a, a very special moment. And obviously, because we know you and I see you all the time, that brings back the memories for me uh, as well, yes. right? Every time I talk yes. to you. Clearly, everyone listening in, that was not the last time I saw her. <laughs> <laughs> we have remained good friends. So it, again, it's a joy to have you on and to celebrate your incredible accomplishments. You have worked tirelessly for gender parity, gender equality. And I would be very remiss without, I can't start the show without talking, acknowledging what has occurred in our world in the United States. Uh, The Supreme Court has overruled uh, Roe v. Wade three days ago holding that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. The ruling was five to four to overturn Roe and six to three to uphold the Mississippi law. So, um, not that we need to go down this rabbit hole uh, intensely, but I am curious to, I I was very pleased to see that you uh, made a post on LinkedIn about this Mm -hmm. on the business app. And I have read a few other um, detailed postings on LinkedIn where they have received some dramatic pushback that it is not the correct place to be talking about this. And I would argue that business, the world of business is absolutely the place to be talking about this. Um, What have you noticed, um, if you can talk about this in your office with your colleagues and the women that you mentor, what, what are some of the observations that you have seen? Yeah, so, you know, Friday was a tough day 
I think, you know, not just for me, for many, many women out there, um, you know, a, a, a day of a lot of emotion and also, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in a leadership position. Like you said, you know, I, I do mentor a lot of women. I have majority of women on my team. In fact, you know, 90% of my team are women right now. Um, and obviously the, the work that I do outside of my day to day in, you know, at, at my company is, is very centered around driving, you know, gender equality and, 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 and all those pieces, you know, at, at work and beyond. So when Friday happened, um, you know, for me, it was pretty straightforward that yeah, I was voicing my opinion and my feelings on this. Um, but I think as a leader, it, it, it was an interesting way to decide how you're going to do that, right? Because obviously, like you said, you know, there, there are audiences out there that are supporting these decisions and there, there are many others that are not supporting it. Um, and I was happy to take either side on my social media post in that particular case, because I felt uh, it was very important to, you know, voice which side I'm on here and that I'm supporting, you know, the, not just the women in my community, but the, the women in this. Women in general. Well, women in general, right? Yeah, we don't um, have freedom. Exactly. So, you know, I thought this was very important. I've, I've addressed my team, you know, in writing about it, you know, as you saw, many companies have done posts on social media about it, opening up about their policies so that, you know, folks can get the, the healthcare that they need, open up, you know, location so that folks can work anywhere where they need to be or want to relocate. It's in my, in my employer was part of that as well. Um, you know, although it's obviously it's a sensitive topic for me, it was just a no brainer to, you know, to voice my opinion on it. And quite frankly, it's, it's I've seen it. I read, I was on social media all day. I've read all the comments. I've seen what some folks commented on other women's posts as well. And I do think it was the place to voice that. And quite frankly, you know, it's silence in these situations. That's yeah, those days are over. And quite frankly, it's, and we're going to get into that. Everything I'm saying in my book is about who you are, how you want to be perceived and the life brand you're building and social media is the vehicle if we want this or not. And yes, LinkedIn is a business platform. I, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. But if you have spent time on LinkedIn in the last two years, the tone has very much changed. Shifted. It has become, it's shifted. It's become very personal. You know, folks post about their families, their lives, their challenges. It has gotten very vocal in those areas. It has gotten more political, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a way. Um, you know, because that's like, part of what drives business. It, I mean, it, the, the days yes. of those separations are over. I, I agree. It's it drives business, but in the end, we're also all humans, human, all of us, and we all live in these platforms. And yes, we all work for corporations, and we're all supporting growth, and you know, want to do well, and all of those things. But in the end, we're all in this together, no matter what happens. And social media is the vehicle to connect us. So I think to say this platform is for this and this platform is for that, that has gotten very tough. Learned. Yeah. You know, it's gotten very hard. So I felt it was the spot to, to mention it. And so did many, many thousands, thousands of other. Well, and I loved it. I just loved it. I love the pushback that women were like, yeah, it is absolutely the platform 
for, you know, we're, we're not going back into the home and out of the business world. So uh, get used to it. But before I dive in, that's a great segue into social media and your work. But I do want to, before I get off of this, is, is I, I was reading that um, on ACLU's uh, website, a way that people, oh, people can take action is one of the ways, one of the millions of ways. But um, you can text fight back to 826-23. And the ACLU will just provide constant uh, texting of where you can join marches, where your, your voice can be heard, you know, all the different ways that you can be taking action. And another way that we can be taking action is by having the kinds of conversations that you and I are having right now, that you are having in your office, these, cre- these courageous conversations over something that's very difficult and very triggering for a lot of people. However, the time has come, we cannot shy away. We have to lean in and have these courageous conversations. And in some cases, share our personal story as to why access to abortion has been essential in our lives. For instance, I had an abortion. I don't go around in the world and share that. I've never felt like I needed to do that because I never thought that I would see in my lifetime that this would happen. Right. But, but I think women are really stepping forward with their personal stories in a way to empower the younger people and to remind them that there's been a lot of fight to get to this point and to have this happen needs some new engagement. I agree. It's a, you know, like I, I discussed obviously with folks over the weekend as well. It's uh, and, and with my husband, it's, you know, obviously been a topic for, for the both of us too. Uh, You know, it felt like the clocks were turned 50 years back when we woke up the next day. And, you know, I say this all the time, like when we think about just the steps forward we have made when it comes to driving gender equality and, you know, getting more women in CEO positions and and pay gap. You pick any topic that you want. Obviously, you know, looking back on the last years, you know, we made a huge steps forward in all of those departments. But if things like this happen, they just throw us back immensely in any other area as well because they all just connected with one another absolutely you know? connected. Um, your choices are completely and utterly connected to this educational choices health choices and it's not just the women and the pregnant women that are going to suffer it's going to be everyone that is going to suffer from this oh lord well okay it's time for us to take a break and we are when we come back we will set this aside and dive in beautifully into all of your incredible work and how you are stepping forward and sharing your voice, particularly with, with this younger community, as we were just speaking of, but it's, and your incredible book, Gender Brand, we're going to start off with, I've got a signed copy here from Irina, and we're going to dive in when we come back with Irina Soriano on the edge of every day. Stay tuned. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests 
on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Soriano. And we're, we're going to dive in and talk about her book, Generation Brand. So you are pioneering a new and larger understanding of what brand is. Your book is not about creating a brand. It's so much bigger than that. So, so let's, let's understand what is the difference between a life brand and a personal brand or brand in general. That's a great question. Um, so if we say brand, you know, if, if we're speaking in marketing terms, right, uh-huh. and companies and whole like branding, uh, that's like, you know, how, how that's the value that we're, that we're showing, right? What does the company stand for? What's the secret sauce? Like, what is the company connected to and how is it representing itself in the marketplace? So when you say personal branding, it's pretty much the same thing just for the individual. So it's my intentional effort that I'm doing out there in the world and mainly these days this is going to be on social media for most of the people to you know be an expert expert in my field to you know build credibility to drive my career to drive visibility but all those efforts are intentional so I'm putting them out there with a purpose now when we think about life brand and for me and we can talk about that a little bit that came to life through an experience that I had to go through. <laughs> good that's good. Like, yeah, that's the story behind this topic um life brand is your digital footprint meaning everything you have ever put out there any like any love any comment, any post, any photo, any video, okay? And that could be on any type platform where we're spending our time. And that means the the things you put out intentionally, but also the things you put out unintentionally. (laughs) 
that's one part of the story. And, you know, many folks might go, I, I, you know, that, there's not much out there. Like I don't spend a lot of time out there. And that's especially, you know, the later generations, right? So, you yeah, know, my my generation. Genera- your generation, like, you know, my husband, like, you know, he's very lucky that there was no social media. Oh, totally. I, I mean, how often do I say thank right. God? <laughs> and same for me. Thank God I got into Facebook in my 20s for the first time. You know, that was the first proper platform. Um, so so that's one bucket, right? But right. then the second bucket is those are all the photos and the videos, everything that's on here now on my devices, but also on everyone else's, else's. devices. That right? was so, so startling. Yeah. Like, oh, that's right. Mm, so People you go to filming the you. Right. Think back. I mean, when we know te- we teenagers, we go to the party. You know, we have a couple too many. We're not quite sure what happened the rest of the night. We go home. It, a classic. But now we everybody has a recording device. This is a much different situation. So anything that's recorded off you by anybody and, you know, more than half of the population in the world has a smartphone right now. That's just what it is. That is also part of your life. Brent. Now, will this ever see the light of day? Maybe no, maybe yes, maybe not right now, maybe in 15 years from now when you're, you know, in an executive position and you don't remember that this is even out there. If you've watched my TEDx talk, you know, there was a a young, courageous woman that has given, you know, a testimony. Tell that, just quickly touch on that. Yeah, it's a, you know, it was a a picture that was posted from years ago uh, that was taken on photo and that on paper, right? So, and that's that's the last category. So all your friends that have those codec photos in the boxes up in there. Yeah, all you have to do is take a picture of it. Now they can take a picture of it and post it, right? So that's that's the other piece. That's what happened to her. um, And and, and it went viral within a very short period of time, millions and millions of shares and mm-hmm. comments. Um, and she received death threats and so did her family. And it's, you know, she lost a couple of uh, um, jobs over that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been really just a, a tragic story for her, but she decided to, you know, come forward, um, not mentioning her name for the TEDx talk that I was doing. You know, I read her story and I approached her and she said she wanted to give back to the, you know, to, to bring the community so that other people are not repeating her mistake. Um, and uh, yeah, and maybe one day she may decide to mention that, you know, this was her, but that's, that's totally up to her. So I'm obviously. Well, it's an interesting edge of every day, this whole cancel culture, culture thing. And, and on the one hand, it's great that we can film everything. I mean, what have, I mean, George Floyd's death, Right. And, you know, the, the right. thank God that we're able to film these policemen in these compromising yeah. and criminal stances. But, you know, and so that cancel culture and the and the, the consequences of bad, bad, bad behavior is a good thing. But right. yeah. cancel culture in the opposite direction is not. So so how do you manage that? <laughs> uh, Listen, I, I'm not going to give you the answer. I've, I addressed this in my book. How, who decides? You're right. What's okay? Was this young woman, should she have been canceled right. or not? Right. Like, who is the judge here? Um, so what I will say on this, I think when there is behaviors like you have just described, mm. cancel culture is we, we pick out, you know, a person or an individual that has a, done a certain action and based on that we 
we drive that other folks are not showing that same kind of behavior by canceling that individual. And, right. and in those cases, you know, it, that's a, that's a good thing. That's what should happen. Right. So, and, you know, and I agree, thank God we have recording devices these days, you know, this puts us in a position to, to point out situations. That's right. But if we think just next generation, I'm more thinking about like, and I don't even want to say the stupid stuff because there's some examples I pointed out in the book as well. When you read it, you go, Oh, that's so wrong. Why would anybody say something like that? Um, You know, but also there's, 13 year olds that did certain things and they just didn't really get it. Right. Know? Well, this so is a great seg into what is generation brand. That's right. So generation brand is the, the following generation, right? So I love it. You've after. named them Gen Z. I have taken has the name this cohort people. The name of this is going to stick. Right. So the, do you know how generations are named actually? Because I did. No, tell us. I love this. I did not know when I started the research. research. You know, how does this work? Um, And it's completely random. So anybody can come up with a name and that there doesn't even need to be a certain reason for it. And if the name sticks, then that's eventually how the analysts will name the generation. And, and that's how it is. Uh, I didn't know that. So I wasn't aware uh, of that. Yeah, and, totally. and there are generations that have been named by authors that named the generation in books. And then it got sticky and they, they picked it up. Um, so, you know, I, I gave it a little stab here. And the, the reason for that was that life brand. So what I just described starts the second that first post that features you goes out there. And now if you're a baby, obviously you're not going to post yourself. But that's your parents right here filming right. the first steps and you getting the tooth out and saying stupid things in the camera and all of those fun things feed into your life brand technically from way from day one. And this is the first generation that is exposed to social media from day one of their life. Right. So 2012 on. Right. Correct. So and, um, you know, and I think that's that's a big deal. Because if we talk about the many, many mistakes you can make out there and how long they can follow you and how much later they can surface. Well, or, or that a family member has made on your behalf well, family prior member, to, to right? you even owning, a, having a, a phone put into your hand. That's right. So it's, it's the whole, qu- and I had this discussion with parents who would say, so you don't think I can post things about my children? And I'm like, well, that's really not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, be aware of what you're doing. Right, you are right. building their life brand without them having given you consent to do so. And, you know, those might be harmless things, which mean nothing and which are fine. But, you know, there might be other things where if the, you know, kid is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, where they would go, yeah, you know what, I don't, I don't really want that on social media about me. And we're taking a little bit that, that freedom away from them in that way. And I just don't think it's something that's top of mind to people every day. You know, they don't think much about it really. So we breezed over the, the, I want to circle back. You were starting to, to, to hint at some story that made you discover this connection with social media and life brand, your personal story. How how did that happen? My personal story. So it's a few years ago. um, You know, I, I decided to step out of a role I had been in and for over 10 years. That you know, same company, global setup, 
um, and a wonderful journey, but circumstances led me to the point where within one day, the decision was made that I said, okay, that's, this will be my last day here. Um, and, and I woke up and I was already living in, you know, I was in New Jersey at the time. Now I live in New York, but you know, I'd been here like two, three years, few years in and, uh, and I woke up the next morning and I usually make decisions. I decided at night. And when I wake up in the morning, you know, I see how I feel. And then I go ahead in this case, I couldn't do that. So I made it on the day and then walked out and woke up the next morning. My husband was at work. My stepkids were in school. So I was all alone the first time ever, not having to go to a job. Um, so I went downstairs and I made myself a coffee and like I, I sat in my house and was just like, now what? And the, that was the moment where just the realization came that I had spent 10 years to build my personal brand. So my intentional efforts within the organization I had left 24 hours ago. So, so that brand was gone. Gone. Wow. Gone. I was living within the four walls of the organization where I had massive impact. But now I was sitting in my kitchen, not having a job and going, okay, now what? Now that also came with the fact that I've built a global network, professional network, mainly within that organization. Mm. So now finding yourself having to go and nobody knows you, you have to start over from scratch. You have to find yourself a job. I didn't know anybody in New York city other than like two people. Um, and, and that was it. And that hit me right in the face that morning. And it was not a pretty awakening when I said, you know what, I wasted 10 years. If I had used those 10 years to own my life brand, build it, use it to contribute to the community, make sure people know me and really stand behind for what my life brand is for, like my purpose, I would have been in a likely even a, a, a much better situation than I was in at that point in time already, you know? So big realization for me that day. Oh, uh, absolutely. And the idea of, I'm, we're going to have to take a break. The idea of connecting your life brand to social media and to gender parity. I love the confluence of that, the, the edge of that. Mm -hmm. So when we come back with Irina Soriano, author of Generation Brand. We're going to dive into those edges and we're going to talk about women in particular, women's confidence as it relates to the confluence of those three things. When we come back on the edge of every day, stay tuned, everyone. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Soriano. So let's pick it up there. How did you, from this turning point in your life, connect life brand and social media and gender parity? And then how did that lead to the spark of creating your TEDx talk and the book? That's a big question. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'll remind you of all those pieces. <laughs> right. So, so I explained the concept of life brand, obviously, right? And the it, it comes to life through social media because that's where we have the biggest reach, right? And as you build your life brand, you know, how I highlight it in the book, it's I, I give a whole launch kit in there so that people understand how to actually do it because it seems quite overwhelming when you don't know where to start. And it's really around picking what's your identity and what you stand for and what's your purpose. And I'm not talking purpose curing, you know, a disease or that's not what I'm speaking, but it could be some very simple, like a little idea, a passion, maybe your profession, right? What you do, your expertise. So, and as you, every time you post or any time when you build your digital footprint, Mm-hmm. You're intentional with what you're doing because you're focused on your purpose and your identity and you make sure it's not misrepresenting either of them. That doesn't mean you have to post within that realm, but you want to make sure it's not misrepresented. That protects you from hurting your life, right? And making mistakes, right? On, you know, social media that might follow you for the coming years. So that's how life brand and social media hang together. Now, how I got into the whole gender piece as I started to build out, you know, my research and really dug into this whole thing um, you know, I've very quickly, I'm aware of it, but I also stumbled over a lot of research on the confidence gap between yes. men and women, right? And that's, you know, that there's books out there and there's, there's studies and research. So this is not something I came up with that, you know, women shy away from self-promotion, right? Women are more afraid to speak about their accomplishments. Women take less risks. It's, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, and that includes women like myself, So when I compare, you know, to male leaders that are at my level or slightly above, I sometimes do see behaviors that differ from them. And that is slightly related, you know, to my gender. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's a big discussion. Is this DNA? Is this ingrained in our brain? I come from a family. I believe we're completely and utterly socialized. And yes, I do believe it's cellular. Because so many women behind us have believed that. Right. And I come from a family that has fostered my confidence from, you know, a very early age. And I even have those. Oh, totally. Same with me. I'm as outspoken and bold as can be. 
And like, I do too. I yeah. have my places. Totally. Imposter syndrome, you know, it's, it's I, I feel these things all the time. Um, and, and, you know, and so do other executives, mm -hmm. you know, that are openly speaking about this, men and women, but obviously we know this is a bigger thing for women. So my whole point was when I got into the research on, you know, what's happening with the next generation, like how do they get influenced by social media, you know, with uh, now teenagers, you know, they get less driver's licenses, which is pretty interesting. They're, you know, the depression and anxiety rates are significantly up right within that next generation. So talking Gen Z, not really generation brand, but especially like the folks that are in the teenage years into, you know, college, like they're that, that, that Gen many, Z population. Many, many factors right that into that. Exactly. So, you know, and, and the influences on social media, it's the, just the, I'm, I'm not going to say the fakeness because I don't think that's, that's the right way of putting it, but there is a lot out there. That's not real. Forced life. positiveness. The right. Yeah, so, forced. you know, and we, we, and especially at a young age, we get those influences. And, you know, if this is, you know, you know I, I mentioned a girl in the book who, uh, you know, who's a lifeguard down at the shore. And she's like, I put my first TikTok out and then, so many people told me I'm fat and ugly and now I didn't want to be a lifeguard anymore because I never wanted to wear a bathing suit again. And she put something up where she was wearing a bathing suit and she's oh, a gorgeous young woman. So that stuff is going to stick with her for, mm -hmm. maybe forever for a really long time. And, you know, that's what happens on social media when there's no seatbelt. So my whole point is if I already have a lack of confidence and I didn't grow up a social media, I come out of a family that has pushed my confidence like to the yeah. edge and I'm in a working environment where, you know, me and my gender and my background is cherished and supported. Now mm -hmm. imagine somebody who doesn't have all of these things and grows up with social media, getting their teeth kicked in for <laughs> years and years and years. And years. how are they yeah. going to maneuver when they get like, to totally. my level? I mean, Good, how? Are, are, do you uh, do you find? I mean, it seems like it. It makes sense that there are more women on social media. I mean, the things that we're seeing and the influencers. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's just what my feed comes up way more with women and way more men making comments about women. Is that true in your research? I mean, I can't comment on the men making comments about women because I because it's women also commenting. It's also uh, absolutely. Yeah, right. the competition so, uh, is nasty, nasty. That's another right. I mean, reason. That, that whole piece, you know, I, I, I wouldn't comment on that. Like, you know, I can't give you a percentage, but right. there's a slightly higher percentage of depending on which platform we're talking about that women frequent versus men. Yeah, you know, I would think the young look. people, it's Insta, you know, that they're, that's really right. where they're, and it's so picture oriented. It's not, you know, they're not writing epistles and stories and lovely blog posts that sort of thing right it's the the content that women versus men post that facebook has has published studies on that that are available that women have a tendency to talk more personal things and also personal challenges more interpersonal stuff and men hang more on the you know the business the sports the these type topics so um so there are numbers around that top of my head i couldn't quote you exactly what the percentage is um, but when it comes to the the hate and the trolls and all of that, I think it's both, yeah. you know, and it's I, I think you're right. I think you're, and, and women are, you know, I, I 
I had Leslie Michaels on my show and, you know, and I'm, her book is coming out. It's all yeah. about that and competition. I have a chapter in her book, by the way. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, she was gloriously inviting people in, um, other authors in, but, but this is it. I mean, this is what, why, this is why she left corporate was this kind of catty infighting that we're, we are seeing on social media. We're between women, but I digress. I want to, well, not really, but I want to uh, focus now on, so what was the spark for your book and TEDx? And, you know, now that you've put all these pieces together, boom. Right. So the the spark happened, uh, you know, the idea was born a few years ago. So I had it at the back of my head, but I never really put it together you know how it is when you write this one sentence and you're like ah that's it (laughs) that hadn't happened yet like it was there but I couldn't you know just tie it all together Uh, yeah that I think that was kind of the thing and um just before the pandemic um I attended like a weekend of a a life seminar and uh was very apprehensive to participate in this whole thing but I eventually did and as part of that I stepped in front of a hundred people and I said in a microphone I'm going to do a TEDx talk which is a, a lifelong dream of mine um, with the purpose of their whole thing was hey if you don't say the things out loud they're not going to come to you right so yeah. and somebody who's you know one of my best friends as well she was in the in the audience she had met me she, she randomly came up to me and said I'm going to help you get your TEDx talk and I was oh. like, okay, that's amazing. And she introduced me to somebody, uh, you know, who was a coach who kind of helped me get the whole thing off the ground. And then as I started writing, I produced so much content that then the mm-hmm. idea came up, hey, we're in pandemic, I'm saving some commute time, things are shut down on the weekend, I'm just going to write a book. It, that was not the plan. So that was a very... Wow. And that was born out of COVID. That, that was the that, book portion yeah. of it. That was both. So, and then uh, I wrote the book and it was short, maybe four months or so. I worked with an amazing um, editor on it. And then, uh, you know, I had everything designed and out. And then as the book was ready, then I got the notification that New York City um, accepted me for the, the TED stage as well at Water Street last year. And then the book came out like the same week as I was doing the TEDx talk. So it's, uh, you know, it all nicely came together and it's been a really an amazing ride since being able to talk about it and do keynotes and be able to influence. Oh them. yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Yes. Good. Good. That we've mentioned the keynotes. So, um, I'm hesitant to dive in. Um, can I ask my glorious tech Dylan, how much time do we have left in this, in this, this section? Four minutes. We can do it. So, um, I, I, this, I, I am blown away by the concepts that are put forth in this book and how it is directed towards young people, but the nuggets and the understanding is apropos to people of all ages. And that was really my huge takeaway from reading it and, and, you know, telling every young woman that I knew about the book. But so, so what, what do you think is the biggest hurdle for women at this time with, with, I mean, not to go back into the Roe v. Wade, what do you think is the biggest 
hurdle for women at this time in terms of, of moving forward in leadership and moving forward in their careers? So I think especially for the next generation, one of the big things is there aren't that many female examples, right? Mm. You know, we have, and that was the same for me when I grew, you know, grew up in my corporate career on the top level, maybe one woman, if lucky, maybe two, and not really women I would have access to. So who am I then going to learn from? Talk to somebody who has the same challenges as me overall, right? So I had many, many amazing male mentors throughout my career. Absolutely outstanding. And I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for that. But, you know, other than one, I never had a female mentor or a female sponsor. And I think that is the big challenge for women these days. They don't have, they can learn from from other women that are in top position or in leadership positions. And everything I put on social media is I'm vulnerable about the things that I learned, the mistakes I made. So the next generation can learn from me. But the whole point is, if we were all to do that, and I center my life brand around that, but if other women in my position and above would be doing the same thing, we wouldn't have this problem anymore because we're educating that next generation of women. changing the culture. It's changing the culture. Exactly. It's, and it, it's also showing that, hey, women are stepping up. Women are more courageous. Women are you know, vulnerable. Women are taking risks with other women are doing this too. That is just driving more motivation for that next wave of women that is growing up and men. Because this is not just a woman. Problem. Bingo. Right. Exactly. The way of sharing, the way of sharing in a business atmosphere, changing the culture across the board. Interesting. Okay. Well, we're going to have to take a break. And when we come back with Irina Soriano, we're going to hear from her about her leading edge, what she's going to be doing in the near future, all of the great content and things that you can learn about in addition to purchasing the book, um, um, how, how she's mentoring through her online blogs and articles, et cetera, et cetera. When we come back with Irina Soriano on the Edge of Every Day, stay tuned. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc 
listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never And we are back with Irina Soriano on the edge of every day. So, Irina, what has been your biggest personal obstacle in getting to this place in your career? And how do you use your understanding of that obstacle in support of yourself now and in your mentorship of young women? I think I've probably partly answered that already with the challenge that I described to you. I think that was the being in my early Mm thirties, being in a career like that. And all of a sudden going Mm. like, where's this going to (laughs) go down? There's nothing there anymore to keep going. Right. Cause I'm, I had to completely reinvent myself. Mm. I had no name out there. Nobody knew me. No connections in, you know, really in the U.S., like I said, other than the the company I worked for. So I, I really had zero. So it's really connected, right, to your it, this it life was brand. Zero, you know, and if I look back, you know, that's like five years ago. Um, you know, if I see the path I've come and that's all through actively controlling my life, brand, that's it. That's all I'm doing. Mm. Um, you know, just the, the community that I've built, the projects I'm working on. Yes. The TED and the book, like that's well, just and the even the risk taking yeah. and the speaking up for yourself. I mean, in, in, right. in some of these more, maybe more personal challenges and obstacles that I'm asking about, you know, internal Um, but you're pretty bold in that category. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, the thing for me is the vulnerability piece, like for any leader, yeah, we all want to look good and, you know, talk about the things that don't go well and how we feel and the doubts and yeah, that's a fine edge. Yeah, that's, I get that, you know, but I use the vehicles that I have, be it, you know, through my newsletter or posting on social media or making reels on Instagram, you know, whatever it might be. Um, to show that vulnerability that, you know, I'm comfortable to talk about these things because if we don't, how is the next generation going to learn, right? Well, and, and it's powerful. It's, it is powerful. Vulnerability is the number one most powerful yeah. thing. I yeah. Think. I mean, look, you know, Brene Brown, like that, that's the big piece and everybody is applauding it, but yet, not so many people are doing it. It's changing. I know. Well, and it's hard. At, listen, I get it. It's hard in, in business. I mean, that that's an atmosphere that can't be up to speed in the same, like in the spiritual community, you know, right. where when I was a dean of first year students, you know, that was sort of the, the bread and butter of it all is that you're going to get vulnerable and, and the power of learning to be vulnerable is, is just going to change lives. And when people would give presentations, the vulnerable portions were the ones that people really leaned into and paid attention to but I get that it that it's a community and this goes back to more women in in positions of power and bringing more of that understanding to the culture in general both men and women yeah I get it so what's next for you Irina are you are you just enjoying the 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 flow and the 
continued upliftment and the tendrils going out with this fantastic book? Or do you have your next one like written already? I mean, you know me a little bit that just, uh, you know, sitting on the fruit of my labor is probably not the Not your thing. (laughs) No, I'm, you know, obviously it's, I would have, full-time job, right? And I, you know, I have many people I work with and a lot of responsibility. So uh, ultimately, you know, that that's something that has a lot of my attention, but mm. whatever I have free time, you know, like I said, obviously the, the, the speaking piece for me is important. So speaking to younger yes. generations, speak at, at schools, at colleges, right? Like those are the audiences where I think especially the life brand awareness piece really hits home and that, you know, that takes time to off, you know, for me as well, put additional time on my plate. Um, the other audience is just the business audience, right? So companies and coming in and educating on, Hey, what's life brand? How is this important for your employees? And how is this actually helping you building your, your company business. brand value, yeah. building your business, right? So that social presence and having your company's name everywhere, if you set this up the right way, that is something that's extremely powerful, not just for salespeople, but for everybody, everyone, you know? everyone in an organization. So, um, so I, sp- I spend a lot of time around that piece. Ultimately, um, you know, I started to write a second TEDx talk. Um, Yay. Yeah. Here's my shocked face. Mm-hmm. Here's my shocked face. <laughs> right. Well, wait until I'm you so hear thrilled it. Wait until you hear it. It might be you might look a little more shocked to it. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, and I loved your first one. I've watched it a few times. That's awesome. And I encourage uh, our, our listeners to listen to it. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. As is your book. And I want to talk about that. Um, in on the back, the you mentioned it. Your uh, 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 life brand launch kit. Yes. Like the the last fourth of the book is this fantastic um like workbook um where you can go through and really dig into what you what your understanding of life brand is how you can be more intentional with it how you can understand its impact and all of the connections that it makes it's just really that's a fantastic plus in this book so where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on social media. So you can. She's all over social media. All of us. Well, I'm. I'm Which a good fantastic. example. Very, very, yeah. very, very. It's wonderful. Thank you. My two channels are LinkedIn, obviously. So just uh, Irina Soriano. You find me right away. There's not that many of them. Um, and then on Instagram, it's arena.soriano. Um, so my Instagram is really centered around, uh, tips and tricks to instantly boost your career, you know, and advance in life overall. So a lot of the stuff I'm sharing is personal to me, things I've done myself to drive my career forward, things that you can Mm -hmm. implement quickly. Um, so that's really the, the, the heart of it all when it comes to that, um, you can follow my newsletter. That, that I think is fantastic. And what's the name of it? <laughs> I love the, the name. Confidence Kitchen. It's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, that was my husband's idea. He uh, he comes go, up with go. a lot of good names. <laughs> um, so that's a great place for, again, I share personal stories. I share things I've learned. Like I tap into areas where people go, ooh, like that might not be 
not always something everybody wants to talk about. Um, that's what, where we are, courageous conversations. And that's that's where we are, right? That's where we are. And this is also, um, you know, just a, a, a place for people to, you know, exchange their opinions. And yeah. they and sometimes they differ from mine. And that's good, you know, because that that encourages these conversations. Growth. So, that incur oh. and, and Lord knows we need it more than ever right now right. so also your website irena soriano.com yeah. and that's, that's right. going to be of course in the show notes as well um and they can find links to your book there it's yeah. also on amazon um right. is, is there any other place that i'm you know i always encourage people to go to their local bookshops and order it as well yeah um well, and another thing pops to mind is mothers, mothers, all the mothers that are listening. This is something that I've shared with my friends who are mothers, that this is an excellent book for you to read as well, to have these kinds of conversations with your daughters, with your sons, with the young people in your life. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't promote this anymore, anymore. Uh, confidently this is just a fantastic book thank you so you are most welcome my friend um so so what what is your before we we sign off what is your the the last bit that you would share um your last tidbit that you would share with our young people that are listening right now yeah i think what i would say is the you know social media is not going to go away right? It's here to stay. It's going to grow and it's impacting all of our lives. So the earlier you can start controlling what you do on social media and being aware of your life brand, the earlier or the faster you can build up your confidence. And again, I explained that in the book, this is going to be impacting your career. This is impact. This is going to impact how you show up in job interviews in front of your future potential boss. Um, how you feel when you go, you know, against your male peers. And I wish I had known this when I was in my, you know, teenage years. I wish. So, you know, with with the hopes that we're having these conversations, I hope to reach that that generation so that they can start this journey much earlier than I could. I had to wait until my 30s. Wow. Amen. That's beautiful. Well, Irina Soriano. Thank you so much for being on my show and for sharing your wisdom and your wit and your, your beauty and your book and your understandings. It's been a joy to have you on. Thank and you. to those of you who are listening in, thank you for spending an hour with me. Remember, with us, an hour with us, remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Never lose sight of that. Next week is July 4th. We will not be having a show, but please join us in two weeks. Till then, take good care. Bye-bye. This is our last dance. This is our last dance. This is ourselves. Under pressure. Under pressure. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 